is Hard Parking, brought to you by Right Hunt and Right Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finning. Just got back from South Carolina. We were there over the 4th of July weekend. Went out there with family, my wife, grandson, my son, his friend Daria. Two of our nephews joined us from Michigan, and uh, Drew also joined us. Oh, my mother-in-law is with us as well. So Drew is one of uh, Marcelo, my son's best friends. He went to high school with, hell, I think middle school. Middle school and high school with? So he joined us. We had a good time. Um, when I was originally trying to rent a vehicle, the only thing I could get was like a pickup truck. So I was ready to pick up a pickup truck. And I was like, well, I asked my wife. I said, hey, how many uh, how many people do we have again? Kind of on our hands and stuff. And it's like, uh, I don't have room for everybody. So somebody's going to have to take an Uber or something at some point. Whether it's when we first get there, because my nephews, they arrived later. right? They, were, they didn't arrive for a few days. But then back to the airport. We just wasn't enough room. At the time, though, I, I knew that, that Drew was coming, but I didn't know that he was driving, which makes sense. He lives like four hours away. So that was one extra car that we didn't have to use more than like once. There's only one day we needed an extra car. But, you know, I, I show up to get the truck and the guy's like, oh, do you want the truck? I go, well, anything bigger? He goes, yeah, we got we have some SUVs that came in. So long story short, we ended up getting a, uh, a Suburban, a new Suburban, 2122 Suburban, white Things are big, man. This is one of the few vehicles that I've had that have a functional third row. And what I mean by functional is you can have the seats up and you can still pack the back full of stuff. And so that's what we did is we we rented a car seat for Zeke and then we packed everybody's shit in the back. And of course, my wife had the brilliant idea. Hey, let's stop at the grocery store before we get to the resort. The resort is more like... Uh, it's like a hotel. I call it a hotel. Like I think, you know, how do you what what's the classification between a hotel, an apartment, and a condo? But this was it's called a resort. To me, it's a hotel. Here is how I would define a resort. What else is there to do there? You got a swimming pool, so does a hotel. Access to the beach, so does a hotel. You have a lobby, well, obviously a hotel. You have a restaurant downstairs, so does a hotel. You're connected to a Starbucks, same shit as a hotel. So what is a resort? To me, a resort is where you arrive, you have a concierge assigned to you, somebody that can get you what you want, what you need. You have a few things that come with the room. A resort is a place where they try to have you anything and everything that you want to do, you can do at the resort. You never have to actually leave the resort. If you want to rent jet skis, you want to rent fishing, tour, fishing boats, uh, quads, you know anything to do outside of the resort, you rent them at the resort. Is there a spa resort, also hotels? But to me, that is, that is a definition of resort. And while we call this the resort, it's called the Grand Cayman Resort. To me, it's just a hotel. A hotel with a tight-as-shit parking structure. Tight. I learned a lot. I learned how to park a Suburban in a tight-ass parking structure. Back to the car, though. The CarPlay interface was a little goofy. In fact, I was probably fighting with it the entire time has Android Auto and CarPlay, but it just, it was buggy. And I don't know if it was a vehicle or maybe the iOS, maybe it was the, maybe it was the area. Cause we just, everybody with us, we had AT&T and most of the time we just had a shit connection. So it could have been a combination of, of both. I'll tell you what, as we're leaving, I'll talk to you a little bit more about the resort and what we did after, after this word from Four Wheel Online. But as we were leaving, you know, my wife does this thing where we're checking out, she gets all stressed. Like, oh, we got to, you know, clean the dishes and 
and make sure all the towels are here and everyone go through and everybody got to hurry up and eat. We got to check out. We got to check out. We got to be out in 10 minutes. We got to hurry, 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 hurry. The woman came by to see if we were checked out. And I'm like, honey, if it's 1105 and checkout's 11, they're not going to charge us for an extra day. Okay. They just want to know when their little cleaning people can come by and do their shit. Which, by the way, they bang on your door at 930 in the morning. How's it keep being? Everybody's knocked out because, you know, we're on vacation. So you show up to the door, you open it, and you have your whole pile of towels. That's really what housekeeping is there. They don't actually come in. They just beat on the door, and you exchange towels. You bring them your trash. They give you another trash bag. And when they're not looking, you pull what you want off the cart, close the door. So we went to that thing like every day. Last day, though, they came by. They wanted to see if we're out. I was like, look, they're not going to charge us extra. She goes, I don't know. The woman had a clipboard and everything. I was like, yeah, well, okay. That's cute. So she's all stressing out. So we get the car packed. It's like 11.15. Everyone's in there. She's huffing and puffing in the passenger seat. I got to stop by the you know front desk when we get down to the bottom of this very tight, spiraling parking garage. Which, by the way, if you're going to go to the bottom of the parking garage, you, you can't go left toward the lobby. You have to go right because it's one way. And you have to basically pull out of the parking garage and pull back into the parking garage on the entrance. It's kind of goofy. So anyway, so she wants to go down. So we're not thinking about it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm driving. I back up. Oh, oh, what? Oh, mirror. Driver's side mirror. I hit one of those... uh those structural posts, you know, the kind that hold the parking garage up, covered in stucco. Brand new white vehicle, scratches shit out of the mirror housing, not the mirror, like bad. So I pulled forward, I reached around, grabbed the mirror, pulled it back into place, and started kind of rubbing it off my fingernail and said, yeah, that's, uh, you can't even notice. Shit was fucked up. So I backed out properly, went downstairs, checked out, and did all that kind of thing. So I'll tell you about what I did with that and some of the rest of the trip. Plus, if there's time, Juanny Valencia, Johnny Valencia, Mr. JV himself, of Fuel Run, of Gold Rush Rally, as we do every year, we're going to try to recap his event. I was unable to attend because I was in Canada, you know, working. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about 4 Online. For over a decade, 4 Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's four wheel online, the number four wheel online. So, um, went back in for my LASIK. When I got back, I did another LASIK follow up. This was like a follow up to the follow up. The guy looked in my eyes and said, You're everything's normal. It's like, Really? I can't see shit. This is a different surgeon. He's, uh, my original surgeon was out on injury, he's on injury reserve. So, this guy came in, he's kind of explaining to me the process, which I already know. But one thing he did say, that I didn't know is when they cut the cornea of your eye to pull the flat back, it actually cuts out some of the nerves that send a message to your body to replenish your eyes with tears. So I, it's like, I think by the time I realize my eyes are dry, 
They're like raisins, right? Imagine an eye starting off as a grape. By the time I realize it, they're already raisins, which is probably why I can't see shit. And apparently on my left eye, it gets even more dry, which explains a lot. Because when I cover my right eye with a hand and try to read stuff with my left, it's like, mm mm-mm. And the other way around, it's a little better. But one of the big concerns that they had is when I went back in for my touch-up, they had to recut the circle. And so they were concerned that once they resealed it for the second time, I would have another layer growing underneath that layer. And he just checked it. The substitute surgeon checked it and said everything is is perfect, except for my eyes are a little dry. I, need to, I have another follow-up next month. Back to South Carolina. Had a little excitement. First night, Drew and Celo uh, and Daria go out, and they're out pretty late. I still have to work. That's what I do. I don't, I don't get vacation, so I have to take my vacation on weekends. But if I travel on a Wednesday, I typically have to work on Thursday or Friday. Well, honestly, I shouldn't have even had to work at all, and I guess I technically didn't. But when I had put my resume in for an interview, I said, look, these are my days off coming up. And it was passed from my firm to the company, but it didn't trickle down to the manager. The director knew because I was interviewed by the director, but it didn't trickle down to the manager. So it was news for the manager. And so I was like, look, these are actually pre-approved days off. I'm going to travel on Wednesday, but I'll be back on Thursday, work some Friday. Everybody's off on Monday because July 4th. I'll work Tuesday a little bit, and I'll work a little bit on Wednesday before I get back on the plane. I'm supposed to be off the entire time. But here's the thing. If I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. It was a bigger concern before I had the car. Haha, <laughs> because I did pick up my NSX. I know in the last episode I talked about getting the NSX, but I finally actually picked up the car a couple of days ago. So shout out to, to Will, who was on the last episode talking about uh, financing, works for Toyota Financial. Um, Drew from Fountain Hills Motorsports, he came out there and filmed and was part of the experience. And also Tyson Hughie, which those of you who are in the NSX community, who are in the Acura community, know who that is quite well. It's kind of like Honda Pro Jason, but a lot more legit and more revered, but not quite as popular. You can be revered. Like to me, popularity and, and being revered are two different things. To be revered is to be loved. To be popular just means everybody knows who you are. I'm sure people love Honda Pro Jason. I don't know him. He's got some holes in his game. But when he posts, he gets hundreds of, well not hundreds, he gets thousands of likes. And he gets access to all sorts of weird shit. So anyway, shout out to those three for being there. Obviously, shout out to Acura of Tempe, Todd Moore, the general manager. Uh, shout out to Aaron, who worked there years ago and left and came back. Kind of babysat the car until I was ready to come pick it up. But back to South Carolina. We'll get into the car a little bit. I'll do some comparisons coming up a little bit. Uh, basically comparing that to the old car. As much as I can, I only drove the car twice. So we're in South Carolina. So Drew, you know, Daria and Sella go out. You know, next morning, you know, we'll hear some ruckus in the middle of the night. But the next morning, Drew comes out and he's like, so I got arrested last night. We're like, huh? I was out at a bar. Did something a cop didn't like. Got thrown in jail. South Carolina is not known for being the most integrated of states. I'm not saying they have a prejudice, they have a racial issue, but even the highways are divided. It's kind of a joke. 
it's a joke I thought of when I was driving because I was getting ready to cross the highway. It said divided highway. And I go, huh, even the highways are divided in South Carolina. But no, they are probably one of the top three least racially lenient states. So anytime someone that's not white has something happened to them in South Carolina, I feel like it gets magnified even more. Even if it's the same thing that could happen to you in some other state. Even if it's the same thing that could happen to you as a white person. So we're thinking, okay, wow, okay. We're South Carolina. Drew Black, okay? He's black. Like, Drew's dark. So we're like, okay. Got in front of the wrong cops at the wrong time. Didn't seem like he did a lot based on what he said. Huh. But at least he's out. At least he's safe. At least he played the right card. My son was safe. Daria was safe. But Daria was weirdly quiet about the whole story. Later we found out that there was a few things that were kind of missing. Like maybe the cops told him not to take a drink like 10 to 11 times before he looked at them and took a drink of his cup. And then that's why they came over and took him to jail. Stuff like that. Spent a lot of time on the beach. Because literally, so you, you open, my, my wife paid a little extra, you know, for the, for the view. But, you know, you, you walk into the room and then you can see straight through to the back, like almost every other apartment, condo, resort. Unless you're a baller, then you might have to turn a few corners to see the back. You look down, there's a swimming pool, there's the hot tub, there's a very short trail with a little freshwater showers, there's the beach, there's the water, like it's right there. Like if I had a really strong arm, like really strong, I could throw a football from the balcony into the water. But it's not that strong. So it's going to hit somebody in the hot tub, hit somebody in the water, in the regular pool, give somebody a concussion. I wouldn't know because I would turn around and walk away as soon as I let the ball go. Because then I'd be a suspect if people looked up. So anyway, water's right there. So it was a beautiful time. We were there for about a week. It rained 50% of the time, which kind of sucked. But you get out there, you get in the water. That ocean, that Atlantic Ocean, it was warm. Now, I don't want to say warm like the world's going to end tomorrow, and so the fish are boiling and floating to the surface. But when you get in the beach, you get in the water, the first wave hits you, and you're like, oh, that's kind of chilly. The second wave hits you, and it doesn't feel like nothing. Like, I'm one of those people, it's hard for me to get in water. I don't even go swim in my own pool because it's too hot, which is kind of funny. But when it comes to, like, normal pools, normal water, bodies of water, it takes me a while to get in. I kind of get in. I get up to about the bottom of my nuts. Bebos is what we call them around here. And I kind of get my nuts a little wet. And then you get to that little line, that mysterious line that's, like, right above your, your hip bone, just below your ribs. And that's where I stand. I'm in that position for probably 10 minutes in any given body of water. Unless... Somebody comes at me aggressively, then I have to dip myself to prevent them from splashing or dipping me. Like, I'm one of those guys. When you're on the ocean, this ocean, on this trip, you don't run right in, but as soon as that first wave hits you, you're cool. And you're like, all right, cool. I'm going out there. So that's probably one of the warmest experiences I've had. My wife will tell you that Florida's like that. I don't remember Florida being like that. We go to Florida. We used to go to Florida all the time. Same body of water. It just, I just don't feel like Florida was like that. You go to the West Coast, California, that water's cold. You want colder water? Go to the Great Lakes. That water's colder. We'd go to Grand Haven when we lived in West Michigan. And the kids, I remember when they were small, I'd take them to the beach. I, would, I remember this because I almost never took them. I took them like twice. My wife would take them like every five minutes. But I took them like twice because I don't give a fuck about the water. 
But I get out there and it's like, you get in the water with the kids and it just never warms up. And your legs start to get numb because it's so cold. And they're frolicking around, having a great time, and I'm just freezing my ass off in the water. But this wasn't that. What's interesting is you go up on the shore and you can see, you know, the waves, they blow up the little shells and stuff. And I was like, what What the hell? The little, uh, like the little clams, the little crustaceans. If you ever see them in the water and they're closed, there's something in them. So what happens is the shore washes them up. And if you watch them, they turn on their side and they go straight into the sand, into the wet sand. You're like, did I just see something? Yeah, you see this little hand come out of the shell and bury its way in there. That night, first night, we're looking down at the water because, again, we have a waterfront view. And people are running around with flashlights. Like, what are they looking for down there? I want to know what they're looking for. So we looked it up. They're looking for sand crabs, sand dollars. I think they're called sand dollars, silver dollars, sand dollars, and sand moles, a.k.a. sand fleas. It's like sand fleas. When I grew up, I used to go camping all the time in Texas, and we would go to Oklahoma, and uh, they would have sand fleas, and they burrow under your skin, and they itch, and they're gross, and you can't see them. They're like chiggers. You guys know what chiggers are? Look them up. Chiggers. Spelled just how it sounds, chiggers. So it reminds me of chiggers, the sand fleas growing up in the south near, you know, Oklahoma and Texas and stuff like that. These aren't those. These, because we had a lot of debate over it, because Daria kind of thinks she knows everything. And she wants to be an attorney. So she's good at arguing, but she's terrible at making her point because she's always, almost always wrong, but doesn't want to hear the correct answer. She just shuts you out, calls you a hater. Daria, if you're listening to this, you're a hater. You're the hater, not me. So what happens is we're arguing back and forth because... They're gross looking. And we, were, we, we went down there the next night with our little lights on our phones. And we were, grab, we were finding them. First off, we couldn't find shit. And a bunch of little kids found them instead. Then did some research on how to catch them. And just like the, the shells that we would see during the day, at night, when the wave comes in, as soon as the wave starts receding, what happens is the wave washes those fuckers up. And you see them, they burrow right into the sands. So you got to be quick. It's like, oh shit, I think I see one. And you have to decide, is that a shell or is that one of these little sand moles? I'm going to call them sand moles, not sand fleas. I would say if you were to poll 100 people, 90% of people call them sand fleas. 10% call them sand moles. But we, call, we can't call them sand fleas because I just told you what sand fleas are, and sand fleas are disgusting. And this isn't that. So what we do is we went and we grabbed the sand moles, and you get them, and you hold them in your hand, and they're kind of like these little... You can Google them while you're listening to this. Sand moles, sand fleas, uh, South Carolina, Florida. People fish with them. But apparently, you can eat them. And so I made it a point this trip. I said, hey, before this trip is over, now that I've done the research, now that I know that not only can you eat them, but they're actually pretty good, we're going to do this. Either we're going to eat these fuckers or we're all going to get a fucking sand flea tattoo on our back. Unity. We're in this together. When I pick up my nephews from the airport, we're going to let them in on this, and they're going to do it too, damn it. You're in or you out? Of course, most people, like my wife was out. Daria said, fuck that, I'm out. My mother-in-law says she's in, but we knew she was out. Zeke, forget it. There's no way. We can't even get that kid to eat anything besides chicken nuggets. <sighs> chicken nuggets, by the way. 
The Patreons are going to hear about that. I can promise you that. So we made it a point. So we went out there. We dug these things up one night. And we got, I kind of said, we need at least five juicy ones about the size of the front of my fingertip. I got big hands. Got them, took them upstairs, washed them off. Got a pan ready with some olive oil. And these things are like running all over the place. It's disgusting, honestly. You're, you're rinsing around underneath the water and they're just like these little legs are moving. And But if you think about it, like listen, 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 listen. Think about it, okay? When you eat crayfish, crawfish, when you eat lobster, when you eat crab, all that stuff has to be cooked while it's alive. Even if you go and you go to the grocery store and you buy a frozen lobster tail, that lobster was alive when they made that tail for you. I can promise you that. In most cases, if it's red. But anyway, you don't want to eat seafood that's already dead. It's like if you if you order mussels at a restaurant, clams, and you get that basket, and they're in the sauce, and there's some that are still closed, leave them closed. They were dead before they got dropped in the pan. Leave them closed. You don't want none of that smoke. So anyway, the point of this is you're supposed to cook shit when it's alive. It's a little weird. They say lobster. Is it lobster or crawfish? Kind of scream when you put them in the water. It's true. Look it up. So anyway... I'm rinsing these things off of water. And at this point, I'm committed because I kind of, I'm kind of having second thoughts. I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. What have I gotten myself into? And this is, this is fast forward. This is probably five days into the trip at this point because remember, I said before this trip is over, we're going to do this. And as each night got closer to closer to the last night, I was kind of like, shit, we got to do this. It's raining. Guess we can't do it. We're out too late. Guess we can't do it. Tonight is a night we do it. We went down there. like five of us. We had fun digging them out. But I cooked them. First, I boiled them. So I had like some uh, like seafood seasoning that we had taken from an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet, one of 700 in the area, which all served the exact same shit and all probably taste exactly the same, which isn't necessarily bad as long as you're focused on certain things. Like we went, it's like $50 a person, right? So first off, you have to like seafood. And you have to be hungry. Don't go to the fucking place with me and say, I don't like seafood. I want chicken. Or don't go to the place and have one crab cluster and call yourself full because that is not worth $50. But if you just stack your plate up full of crab legs and crawfish, which they had, which were weirdly really good, then it's worth it. But anyway, I had a whole, I had like a little like takeout sauce container size of like crab oil. It was probably Old Bay or something. So I brought that back to the, the room, knowing that eventually we were going to use it. And so I put that in the water, probably half of it, got the water all nice and red and the room smelling all good. And then, uh, sorry, Yvette just texted me. I had to put her ass on Do Not Disturb. Got them ready, took them out, boiled them for a couple minutes. And by all intents and purposes, they're done because you only boil crawfish for like two minutes. But they still looked a little sus. They were pink. Like they should be because that's what happens when shellfish get cooked. But I just wasn't confident because I hadn't eaten them. And, this, and honestly, this was probably the best. This was probably the best bite at this point. But I'm looking down at those little legs. Because look, when we eat shrimp, we peel them, right? We rip the legs off and rip the shells off and dip them and eat them. We don't stick the whole thing in your mouth. Now you could. I've had whole shrimp minus the head because the head is sharp as fuck and you'll choke on that fucking shit. You can. But I've done it. And there's some cultures, they just eat, like, they eat everything. 
There's no saving the shells for bisque. We'll put it that way. So I'm looking at them. I'm like, mm. doing research. Like, oh, make sure you cook them really good because they can have parasites all over them. I'm like, oh, fucking great. Great. So I heat up the, the olive oil and I drop them all in the oil, splatter and popping everywhere because they're fresh, they're wet. Obviously, oil and water don't mix. Getting on my arm, getting all over the counter, the floor. I'm like, fuck me. So I take the strainer and put the strainer on top to catch all the splash. Daria's like, that's probably not a good idea. Actually, Daria, it is a great idea because it's not the direct heat. Anyway, so I end up frying the shit out of these fuckers. Sprinkling more of the Old Bay on them. Smells good. Tossing them. Burnt the shit out of the strainer that came with the room, by the way. Sorry, guys. And we did it, man. We all ate them. We started off with a small one. I knew that I had to go first. So I grabbed a small one and didn't even think about it. I was like, it's like, oh, kind of tastes like burnt bacon because I burnt the shit out of it. Then my nephew grabs one. He's like, yeah, it's not bad. Then my son grabs one. Then Daria grabs one. And then wait for Drew to come out because he, we were grabbing the little ones. And then my other nephew, Kari, he grabs one. And he goes in for a second one, too, like immediately after. Like, whoa, kid, slow your roll. Y'all weren't even trying to fuck with this. And now you can't stop eating it. Drew comes out, and now we all have the big ones in our hands. So we all pop those and one at a time, and we did it. You know, so what does it taste like? It tastes a little bit like crab and like bacon bits, I guess, bacon. Like overcooked bacon, pork rinds maybe. Especially the way I did it because I cooked the shit out of them. I'd like to do it again. I'd like to do it. I want somebody else to cook it who knows how to do it. And then I, I get the, the true flavor. But I was worried about like undercooking them, honestly. I cooked the shit out of it. But we did it. That was good. That's what we did in South Carolina. Humid as shit, man. It's so humid. We went to the boardwalk, did a few things, ate as much food as possible. But it's hard, right? It's hard when you're traveling with a lot of people because everything is so expensive too. And we're that couple where it's like, okay, well, obviously we have to take care of our, both of our nephews. Daddy didn't send money with them. Why would he? And if he did, they weren't pulling it out. Uncle Jay, Uncle Aunt Yvette, they're going to take care of us. We're going to be all right. Then we have Zeke. Obviously, Jaylene didn't come. She had to work or whatever. Jaylene usually doesn't go, so we end up having to, you know, watch Zeke. And when he's not feeling good, which he never is, you know, we get to, uh, you know, we get to deal with it when he's sleeping in his little cot that we bought specially for this trip because he's a nightmare to have in bed with you. He's good till he, you know, starts getting sick and coughing every five seconds and wants McDonald's every 10 minutes and, you know, the good stuff. The good stuff. So we got, got him, we got mom. And then, you know, Solo, Daria, Drew, they're all good at taking care of themselves, but as the seniors... The financial seniors, a lot of times we're like, okay, we got this. So when it comes to picking somewhere to eat, you have to kind of, you know, keep that in mind. It's not like you're going out with the fellows, right? You know, everybody got their own check. Unless it's somebody's birthday, then everybody's pitching it on their birthday because we hide that credit card and everybody else pays. That's just how it goes usually. Needless to say, we spend a lot of money. My wife's always bitching at me about spending money, but it's okay when she wants to spend it. Because it's for the family. It's for the house. Not for my stupid car. Babe, the, I haven't changed the oil in like 
30,000 miles. We're getting ready to drive to the northernmost tip of Portland, Maine. I don't care. We're just throwing money away in the car. But, like, I need new tires. Like, you can, you can see the threading. There are six nails sticking out of my tire. I don't care. Your car is a money pit. Okay, those are very extreme examples. But those who know, know. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit about the NSX. The new one. Okay, so West Tankers League, friend of the show, asked me, kind of, let's see here. So we talk often, pretty much every day, all day, on the Signal app. This isn't an ad for Signal. But he did say, how fast does it compare to the other? I know it's stock versus turbo. Wes, that's the first time I actually read that seriously, but they're actually both turbo. Remember, I don't expect you to memorize this, but... You know, the, the 2017 to 2022 NSX is a twin turbo V6. But the difference is not only is it modern, but it's also aided by three electric motors, two in the front, one in one is part of the engine. So one on each tire or one on each wheel. But, you know, what are, what are some of the immediate differences that I noticed besides the obvious? When I say obvious, I'm talking about the seating position, uh, the, the, the cushiness of the seats, because with my other car, I had full carbon fiber seats. The padding that I had in the seats, it was a $200 option. I wouldn't go as far as call it comfortable, but it did give you something kind of softer to sit on than just the the gloss carbon seat itself. All form, all function, not really comfortable, but I, I just probably logged five, 6,000 miles in those seats. You know, I drove the car from... From here in Phoenix to Texas and back, I drove it from here to San Francisco. I've driven to different parts of California a few times. I've driven to Las Vegas a couple times. So it's not that the seats were bad, but that's one of the first things I noticed. It's like, wow, this is this is comfy. And it's new, new car smell, nothing like the new car smell, the good new car smell. I paid uh, $1,000 extra to, for the full semi-aniline leather, and you can feel it when you're driving. I haven't taken it on the highway as of recording this. I still need to get it PPF'd, which is the uh, the protection film. It's just the modern term for clear bra, except it's not just a bra. I'm going to go ahead and do the entire car. So I don't want to take it on the highway yet. I got to do that first. But I did take it on, the, on a few back roads. I live off of one of the longer roads in Phoenix called Warner, especially in the East Valley. So Warner runs from... Basically, as far east valley as you can get, all the way over to part of the west valley. So, Acura of Tempe is, if I were to hop on the highway, which is also by my house, I can get to Acura of Tempe, you know, driving the normal speeds, eh, 15, 20 minutes. It's like a 30-minute drive down Warner. But I live right off of Warner. And Acura of Tempe is off of, like, Elliott, which is the next city block up. So, I was able to just to kind of you know, drive down the road. It was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I wouldn't say it was rush hour, but there were other cars on the road. But you could feel it. You could feel other cars, just other other drivers just looking. And it was the same way with the other NSX. The other NSX sounded different, obviously, because it is it was also a V6, but aftermarket turbo, you know, straight cat, which means no catalytic converter, no... It just it sounds completely different. 
And of course, this is a hybrid. The new car is a hybrid. So it's going to be, you know, everything from the factory never sounds the same as aftermarket. And so there's that. So in, in both cases, I'm driving this incredibly sleek, fancy sports car looking thing. But I think my son put it best. We're talking about today when he came over. When you look at the new NSX, specifically even the Type S, it looks like it looks like some sort of a an, an exotic supercar, modern day supercar, because it it is kind of the every everyday man supercar. You can't tell me it's not. It's more exotic than almost any Porsche out there looking, because Porsches kind of all look very similar. And if you don't know your Porsches, they all look the same. If you know your Porsches, they don't look the same. But even Porsche guy will tell you that. Porsche girl will tell you that. It doesn't look like a C8. You think the C8 Corvette looks nice? It does look nice. But then when you look at it next to an NSX, they just look completely different. But even when you see the Corvette coming at you, the newer Corvettes, I have to wait. I have to. It, it's. I'm at the point now where I'm like, oh, that's a Corvette. But in the past, it's like, uh, what is that? Is that a? Is that a McLaren? Oh, it's a Corvette. Great. So the look of it. Because the old car, it looked like an old exotic, an old supercar. Many people couldn't believe it was from 1997. They thought it was, you know, in the past maybe 10 years. Like when you look at the, the, the way I had the NSX set up, the, 2000, the 1997 NSX with the 2002 front-end conversion and stuff like that, bigger wheels lowered, balls to the wall fast, just a great-looking vehicle. I can see how people can look at that and think it's some sort of an old souped up Corvette or an old, some sort of a Ferrari or something like that. The new car, you just look at it. So it's, it's breaking necks still, but some of the necks are different. Like when I had the old car, I pulled up a stoplight and you could just hear the car as I decelerate and I'm, and I'm banging the gears down, and you know, like a it says to the light and people look. If you're pumping gas at a gas station, you're going to look, especially if you like cars. This one kind of pops and does its own sound, which is still different. But just driving it, the new car, I don't... So I have this thing where I feel like I have to drive the car probably a week or two on a more consistent basis. Because here we are. I've had the car. I drove the car home a few days ago. I've driven the car twice. Once from the dealership to my house, and then from my house to... To Yoshi's and back. Yoshi's the guy who bought the my old NSX to film the reel that some of you have seen. Where you zoom in on the lights plate, zoom out, and there's a new car. That's it. But just doing that, I can't like from seating position wise. And and keep in mind, you know, I had my car; it was different. Those bucket seats in the old car, everything was just different. And then I actually did drive my car when I went over to Yoshi's house. I moved it like I don't know, <laughs> twenty feet. But still, it was. When you think it's the same car, it's very familiar, and then you switch cars like immediately back-to-back, back, it's like, whoa, this is a completely different animal. I was more confident behind the wheel in the old car because I've had it for nine years, and my seating position is just like I'm on the road. I see where both wheels are, and I can see everything else. Plus, I kind of cheated because I had a little camera of the road so that I never hit another curb when I'm parking, and I don't have that security blanket with the new car. In fact, there's nothing from a from a technology standpoint. I think Acura could have done a lot better with some of the things on the interior of the car, not just the overall look, 
but just some of the little things. Have a camera system. Have a parking system. Have a modernized uh, infotainment system. And there's a bunch of little things that wouldn't even cost, they wouldn't even, it wouldn't even have required that much of a difference in how they kind of built the vehicle out. But with, with that being said, it still feels, it's nice. And I, and I was driving around when I was coming back from Yoshi, I was like, man, the air conditioner is great. It's been a long time since I've had a functional air conditioner because what happened with the old car is, you know, the more you modify the car, obviously the more you take it away from its original intent. So with the turbo system I had, it had an intercooler in the back, right behind the wheels, and two in the front, and it's split. And what happens is the ones on the front, and I had the driver's side, passenger side, it partially blocked my AC, my uh, what are they, my AC fans or AC fucking thingy-majiggers, AC condensers. They look like little radiators. So then I wasn't getting as much air in. Plus, when I took out the, the center console piece of the NSX, I reduced the amount of air that would even come through there. So at the end of the day, it's like I'm in this tiny cabin. I don't get nearly as much airflow, and I'm living in Arizona. So the new car constructed a little differently, and the air conditioner, it was fantastic. So that's obviously one of the first things I noticed. I mean, and right now, it's, it's like 115 degrees outside. Like literally right now at 11 o'clock on Sunday – as I'm recording this at the last minute, like I do 90% of the time, it's 103 degrees outside. 103. So you need a car that's kind of cool. So I immediately appreciated that. But then driving the car, it's like, wow, I could do this. I could do this for a long time. Because these seats are comfy. I'm at the right position with the height. I can't see out the front of the car as far as the hood nearly as confidently as I could before. So then pulling in and out of my garage is going to feel kind of like a little chore. I might have to do that thing where you put the little stoplight there. I have these little uh, parking strips that my son bought me. Like <laughs> I asked for them for Christmas. I got them like three years ago. It's one of those things where you don't know what to ask for. And if you really needed it that bad, you just would have bought it yourself. But he got it for me anyway because I asked for them. But I may have to put those down on the floor in the garage so that when I hit those, I know I'm far enough. Because the car is bigger. It's a little wider. It's a little fatter. I feel like it's a little longer. And it's a lot more expensive. So, like the front bumper lower area, that thing is carbon fiber. I don't want to smash up anything with that because that's very expensive. And it was expensive on the old car too, but everything I had on the old car was aftermarket, which means I can just go out and buy another one. Not that I like to do that. I'm pretty cheap. So, it's those little things. But just driving the car, you know, how does it feel? It's, I mean, Wes, it's a twin turbo V6. You step on the gas, you have three electric motors that immediately kick in and it just shoots you forward. Now I haven't got on it, got on it yet. And I haven't done launch mode because I'm still breaking the engine in, but just getting up to like 5,000 RPM, you hear it in, in the auto mode. It just kind of goes up, You put it in, in sport plus mode. When you're decelerating, you hear it kind of clicking gears down and it just sounds so good. Speaking of decelerating, it's got the drive-by wire braking system, which means the brakes aren't actually connected to anything. You push the brake down, the onboard computer senses the brake pressure, and it applies the brakes to the rotors, the calipers. It's no longer an old analog connection 
like you would normally get in any other car, especially the old car. So that was interesting. It feels feels weird. But, you know, those are my driving impressions first. You know, the familiarity of the old car. You're turning the air conditioner up and down with a knob. Not this one. Super weird. Like you can, you turn the heat up and down with these tangible little very basic buttons. But if you want to change the fan speed, there's no button for that, which is super weird. You have to go into the car's interface. You have to find the AC unit, and then you have to find the fan control, and then you push whatever fan speed you want. So that's kind of weird, right? Same thing with the volume. The volume, it's like, a, I don't know if you guys ever driven, guys and gals ever driven like Cadillacs. A lot of Cadillacs have it where it's a touchscreen for the volume. So you move your finger up for volume up. You pull your finger down for volume down. Sometimes I just want a knob. A knob or a two or tangible up-down button. But other than that, that's pretty much my first impressions. Love the car. Car's here to stay, at least for, at least for a while. I uh, got to get clear clear wrapped. Want to get some wheels for it. Or have, I've been, been talking about getting wheels for it for a while, way before I even had the car. And the only reason I don't have the wheels is because I didn't want to jinx myself, get the wheels, and then not get the car. Because then I'd be sitting on a set of wheels that I'd have to turn around and sell. Unfortunately, we were not able to get a hold of Johnny Valencia. So what happened was, and Johnny, like I said in the opening, he's one of the main guys behind um, the Fuel Run Gold Rush Rally and also one of the main organizers for Exotics Exotics on Broadway, which is coming up next month in Monterey Car Week. So we're going to get him on maybe next week for sure. Get him on to kind of recap Gold Rush Rally and talk about what's coming up with the Fuel Run and, um, and Exotics on Broadway. Plan on going to Monterey Car Week. As always, it's like a tradition. One thing, right on and right Toyota, Scottsdale, Arizona, fourwheelonline.com. Sell shop wireless services and Fountain Hills Motorsports. Can't forget Patreon business supporter, Cuyo Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, and Pell Construction out of Caledonia, Michigan. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get access to bonus swag as well as show swag, which, by the way, still have the shirts. If you want them, get them. Super high quality. Cute logo of a cute guy on the cover of me. As my grandson says, it's Papa with his car on him upside down. 100% of those proceeds go to help grant a local child's wish. We're going to sell them until we're sold out. Or maybe I'll just take all the money and say, here you go, right Honda, right Toyota. Here's the money for all the shirts and then some. Go make a kid happy. I want to thank Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Gumina, and Drew Bunkley for financially supporting the show. By the way, Mark Stoneman, shout out to you for grabbing the hard parking sticker and slapping it on a post with other stickers and sending me a photo of it when you're on vacation. I'm going to start buying stickers and sending it to people. So if you want to help spread the love, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. I'll make it happen. I'll send you some stickers. Just slap them somewhere, take a photo, and post it on the uh, Hard Parking Violations Facebook group, which you should join if you listen to the show. And on social media. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that's J Finning, J H A E P F E N N I N G, or J Travels, J H E underscore Travels. As I just mentioned, join the Heart Parking Violations Facebook group and follow, subscribe, support to me on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Hard Parking Podcast. Because I can't grow without you telling the world how great this show is. So let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up!
Are you tired of blowing out your back at the bathtub while washing your dog or subjecting your canine to a water torture bath while leashed up to a post outside? Now there's a far more effective way to wash your pet while saving your back and keeping your dog happy. It's called Booster Bath, a portable bathtub on legs. Head over to BoosterBath.com, one word, and pick one up. Available in three sizes, this tub system features a drain, a soap cubby, and water-controlling wand. This tub conveniently breaks down to be stored when not in use. Want to save 10% on your first-time purchase? Head over and sign up today to make that happen. BoosterBath.com